This week, we talk about how to define the mission, vision, and values for a business. Let's go. Welcome to Startup to Last, a podcast about building profitable software businesses that are meant to last. Hi, I'm Tyler. I run a bootstrap SaaS company called Less Annoying CRM. I'm Rick. I run a software-enabled services company called Leg Up Health. What's up this week, Tyler? We just had a, uh, a new person start at Less Annoying CRM, which is always super, super exciting. Um, I don't know why it hit me this time, but like, I mean, h- how many people have you hired in your career? Like 50? I don't know. I haven't thought about it. More than that, maybe? Yeah. Like, I'm like less involved. This is a CRM coach. So that's like the the main team at the company that is just like super, super together. Like it's it's had strong leadership since day one. I haven't like really ever run that team. So when a new CRM coach starts, I'm not like all that involved in the day-to-day stuff, but it's still kind of like inspirational almost. I This is going to sound stupid, but I walked in and she was like, she had gotten lost in our office and was like walking around the hallways trying to figure out where she was. You've been to our office. It's like, it's not huge, right? I mean, yeah, it's like not something you get lost in. I it's like. not something you get lost in. Yeah. And I don't know why that made me smile so much, but just like, this is such a big day for her. You know, like every time you hire someone, it's like a life-changing event for them, even if if you as the CEO are not like super, super involved. And like, I don't know. I got like a weird energy out of just being around someone going through such a big thing, even though like I'm not really doing much in this situation. Yeah, that's cool. Also, I was like, our office is big enough that someone got lost. Yeah. <laughs> it's like two hallways. <laughs> what was she looking for? So there's there's just like three sections of the office and she was just trying to get back to where everybody else was and she just <laughs> went the wrong direction out of her office. So That's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it represents um a, a newness, a freshness. Um like you've you've changed, you've grown, you've grown. Um uh is that what you're you're getting at? Yeah, well, and just like um just the privilege of offering a job to anybody ever. Like hmm. I, even if she leaves in a year, which I, you know, I obviously hope that doesn't happen, but like this will still be a year of her life. It'll have a meaningful impact on her. Like, it's just a reminder. I, the startup world does so much of this, like, you know, reach a billion users and scale and be billions of dollars. And like, that's one way to think about how you impact people. But just being like one person on earth, just like uprooted their life. She moved from Minnesota to St. Louis, major, major deal. That's like a very different type of impact, but like one that I find even more motivating, I think. No, I, yeah. Like, people i mean people people's basic needs are are met through their profession um and their work and if you have a uh, part of that like and you do it right like it's a big yeah a big deal do it wrong too like it's a big deal yeah absolutely it's definitely a lot of responsibility too so uh, maybe that segues nicely into the my my next thing here which is just like we've got (laughs) we had a meeting last week and uh someone was like so the interns start in a month and I was like, what? <laughs> really? And I know I knew that. Like I knew in my head it's mid-May is when they start, but uh it's really coming up. So like nine new people are gonna be working here for temporarily in a month. And it's just like crazy rush of stuff to get done right now, which is also like a different type of kind of energizing. Hmm. Um are you, are you the one managing that again? I can't remember. Um normally no. So there's we, we have two types of people. We have developer intern, like software engineer interns. There's three of them. That's mostly, I'm like, I will be their project manager, but I'm not like the one onboarding them and that stuff. But then there's the coding fellows. Because the person last summer who did it left the company, I'm not sure what long-term the plan is, but this summer I'm running it. So the six people, yes, I'm in charge of, uh, I don't even know. I don't have a plan yet. (laughs) I have to figure it, like, I haven't onboarded anyone in a long time, so... I have to figure that out. But I spent like two full days this week just like moving furniture in the office, which I haven't done since 2019 because the office was closed. You're still moving furniture in the office. Yeah. I know. Pe- there's people for that. I love it though. I really I love it. It was so cool, by the way. Sorry, none of this is like interesting, but so I was doing it. And you're like, the CEO though. You shouldn't be moving furniture. So it's not the highest impact thing, but I, <laughs> I, I gave myself permission. I worked like I worked over the weekend. I worked till like 1.30 a.m. on Monday doing I was just in the zone. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just I'm going to play interior designer for the rest of the week. And I'm, be, I'm being I'm completely joking. I think like it's one of the most rewarding things is to like 
do those like some of that less important work, but it's like, you know, showing everyone and then also very rewarding. Yeah. It's, it's got an interesting like culture element to it. And I could tell like a very specific thing happened. So several people at the company didn't work here, started working here after the pandemic. So they've never been around for anyone starting. And uh, so they haven't been through this summer with like summer's so different. All these interns, it's like the company is 50% bigger. So they would walk out and see me moving stuff around and be like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing that? And then someone who's be- who's been here longer would walk out and be like, hell yeah, interns coming. I can tell. Uh, <laughs> it's just like this cultural thing that the new yeah. people don't get yet. <laughs> That's cool. That's funny. Do you have like a lot of work to do to prep for them? Um, or do you feel like you're, you're, you got everything taken care of? I have a lot of work, but like manageable work. Like it's, it's one of those things where there's no uncertainty about can it get done? It's just a matter of doing it so awesome well, anyway, that's cool. yeah yeah how about you what's going on well i i uh my main like personal update is one of my goals this year that i outlined in our mega episode at the uh beginning or end of this year end of last year i can't remember when we did it but um was was i want to get back to my personal habit basics like get back to the basics with personal health habits sleeping eating working out moving that kind of stuff i'm struggling with it um <laughs> i'm uh i i when I put this on here, it was at the beginning of the, it was Sunday and I was reflecting on my like weekly regiment. Like I'm just not doing a good job. Like my weight's going up, my sleep's going down. Um, I'm working out less. Uh, it's bad. So, um, I, what I committed to on Sunday was like, I don't, I just got to do something to get out of this funk. And so I've committed to like a 30 day challenge. 30 days is like short enough to where it's, doesn't seem like the end of the world to like hold yourself to it. Whereas, yeah. but it's long enough to where some real habits get developed in that time frame. Um, so I have a 30 day challenge that I'm putting myself through where I have to like, you know, do a certain th- couple of things every day, go to the gym, go to get sleep. And is this like your creation or is this like so-and-so influencer says, here's a 30 day challenge completely on Sunday. Um, but like I basically did like, here's, here are four or five daily habits that I would like to do. I would like to develop habits around Mm -hmm. and I'm going to do them every day for 30 days. Have you ever been one for like public accountability? Like, have you thought about tweeting this or something along those lines? No, but I'm not, I I don't want to tweet this. Like that's not me. Um, (laughs) Talking about it on here is making me uncomfortable. (laughs) Uh, But like, no, I I have like a list. It's like one, two, what is it? One, two, three, four, five things. Um, And yeah, so far, like I've done four days of all five things. Oh wow, that's great. Uh, yeah, so it's I'd, it's so funny how important momentum is here because it's like why why did you need this thirty? Why didn't you just do it anyway? And I'm the same way. I'm like in a little like exercise rut right now, and yeah, you just have to like jolt out of it somehow. Yeah, and I don't care actually about hitting the thirty days, although I'm going to try to hit it. Um, but like, I just know that if I do this, that some good habits will start developing, and some bad habits will get dropped, and I don't have to worry. Like somewhere between like. 10 and 30 days from now, I'm not gonna have to worry about this, but I'll feel better about myself. Yeah. Cool. How could you, should you have started this before? Like every time in my life when I finally fix a problem, I'm like, I should have done this two weeks ago or a month ago or whatever. Do you think you timed this right? Do you think you waited too long? I always wait too long. Like if you have to go to a 30 day challenge, you've waited too long. Yeah. Right. So the fact that I have to shock myself out of it means I waited too long. Um, but at the end of the day, I got to do some, I, I'm to the point where it's like, I can't continue down this path anymore. I got to fix it. And it's pro- you know, part of my goals this year is to get back to good habits, um, by the end of the year. So yeah. I'm not, I, uh, hopefully, you know, in a couple of weeks I'll feel better. I'll feel better about it, but, um, I feel, I already feel better four days in than I did on Sunday. So yeah, that's great. On the, you know, related to personal health, I did, you know, last episode, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, what it's like as a startup founder, early stage, um, and whether you can take a break. And I was like, yeah, I can take a break. I don't, I can, I, I feel like I can take time off. Not worry about it. You're like, well, what about JD? Mm-hmm. <laughs> JD's my partner and at Lego Felt. And uh, so I did talk to JD about that and he feels like he can take a break. So I feel really good about that. Um, now he's, uh, he does feel like he has to be on a call on an emergency side, but it's so infrequent that yeah. it's not a big deal. Um, he, I, you know, I, we didn't talk specifically about the busy season, but I, we sort of, I think are both under the assumption that during open enrollment, which is November through January ish, um, 
each year, that's probably not a time where you can feel like you could take a break. Um, I probably won't feel like that either uh, during mm-hmm. that time frame. But outside of that period, we both feel like we can take a break. Cool. Do you know if he's like actively planning to like, or, or does he even tell you like if, if he goes off for a week, do, do you even know about that? Yeah, he'd probably tell me that, but I wouldn't like expect him to. Um, we have a weekly sync. Um, we haven't ever canceled that weekly sync because he's been out or anything like that. But even if I was like on vacation, I, I've kept the sync. So I don't know. It's yeah. um, yeah. I, I think like he has a lot of flexibility in his. He makes he writes his own day, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see like when he does want to take a break. That's like like a week type break. How he goes about communicating that because I have no expectations of him to do so. It's funny how these norms develop because like I, I'm just dealing with this less annoying right now where this kind of strange pattern has emerged where if you take a planned day off. You just put it on your calendar. You make sure you don't have any meetings on that day. It's you don't tell anybody. I mean, depending on what your role is, you might tell your manager, but like you don't announce it to anybody. Um, But the culture has emerged that if you're taking an unplanned day off, like you're sick or a mental health day, that type of thing, you email the whole company. Um, And I don't know why. I've never asked anyone to do this. I've explicitly said you don't need to do this. Uh, But like, just everybody emails every time and I'm not sure like should I try to stop this is this an unhealthy thing or maybe it's good because it normalizes mental health days but it's just weird how these things kind of take on a life of their own oh yeah um I don't think I think it's okay to let it just happen yeah my my concern I guess is then like a new employee comes in and sees everyone else doing it and it seems like a policy at that point when it's like you know if you are uh if you suffer from say clinical anxiety or depression and you need a day off, I don't want them to feel like they have to tell everybody that. <laughs> yeah. That's something though that I feel like you can deal with when it comes up and just like create a policy on it. And does that seem like you have to worry about right now? Like do, did I have to worry about right now? No, I don't think so. You don't have to, I don't yeah, think. But yeah. like I what well, I guess the reason I mention it is in five years when you've got a team of 10 or 20 or whatever people it's very possible whatever JD does right now will become like the de facto policy, which is, it is, it is what it is. It's not like a problem. I just think it's like an interesting little quirk of how companies grow. He better do a damn good job of pick, making good decisions. Then. Yeah. <laughs> For any policies he's setting. <laughs> the pressure is on. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he's setting a lot of culture probably. <laughs> anyway, I don't know what my point is. He's got, he's got a good life. He's like, he's like at an RV resort in Key West. Um, Hopefully, oh, like, is yeah, he so, like doing the the nomad thing? Kind yeah, of. Yeah, he's been doing it for about a year. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's so interesting that you have this like Utah. Your customer base is all in. You're the opposite of my company. My company, our employees are all in one place, but our customers are all over the world. And you're like, you're going <laughs> to hire someone in Florida to to do a Utah specific business. It's yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I did my six month company presentation yesterday. Ooh, um, I've been I've been looking forward to this. Yeah. So Did you do your one-on-ones too? Yes. Uh, th- there's like one or two left to do. But so wow. as a reminder for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, my routine is every six months, first I meet with the leadership team and we just like talk about big topics, make decisions, stuff like that. Then we give a presentation to the whole company. So the, the leadership team, there's four other people on it. They present on their section. So like Michael, who's head of CRM coaching, gives a cust- uh, presentation on customer service and so on. And then I do a deep dive. Um, and then after that, I do a one-on-one with everyone at the company to just like, you know, read their temperature basically. So it's really time consuming, uh, but I'm basically through it and pretty, pretty smooth this, this time actually. That's I awesome. Th- yeah. I think I, if I'm being honest, I probably put my thumb on the scale a little bit. Cause what I do before these one-on-ones, I email everybody. And I'm like, you have to answer like one of these, it's different every time, but like two of these three questions or something like that. And the questions are always like, What's your least favorite thing about the company or like things the, that are, if you were yeah. the CEO, like what would you, what's the first thing you would do? Yeah. And it, it, it gets really good feedback, but it's also, it's, we're mostly a very positive company where like, there's not a lot of conflict or anything, but like, I'm basically forcing them to say the things that they don't say. Otherwise I'll admit that this time I, I didn't ask questions that pulled that out of people quite as much because like the point of my presentation was we're in a growth slump. We need to get out of it. It's time for us all to like put our heads down and do the work. And so I didn't want to like invite a whole lot of distraction <laughs> right after that. 
So as a result, the one-on-ones are a lot easier than they normally are. Hmm. That's cool. Like it's just kind of fluffy one-on-ones. Yeah. And I still, so I gave three questions and I said, you have to answer one of them. And one of them was that type, but like very few people chose that one. Normally Hmm. I'm like at least, normally I do two out of five or something. And like four of them are negative. So it's like, you can get one fluffy one, but you've got to say something real. And this time I was like, if you don't want to say anything real, you don't have to. Is that, are you, are you uh, cheating yourself? Like, are you, do you think that this might be mean you're ignoring potential problems that you otherwise would be available, be available? Yeah. I've thought about that. Maybe I do this every six months. So I figure like I can skip one probably, but also, (laughs) also there's a, there is a a problem. The answer to that question is yes. And you're okay with it. Uh, Yes. Yes. And I'm okay with it. Except that the thing is like, also there's kind of like, I'm going to probably talk about this more in the next, either the next or the second to next episode. But um, there is like a slightly low level problem at the company, which is like our, uh, we do a lot of stuff that's like not about our core business. So like diversity, equity, and inclusion stuff. Uh, We say we like care about St. Louis, stuff like that. But like the team has gotten sort of misaligned on this and no one knows what any of that shit means right now. And so we've been, I've been hearing grumblings that it's like, we need to like, like everyone has a different idea of what we should be doing to benefit St. Louis, for example. So that I'm pretty confident is the problem that I could have gotten out of people, but I already know it. And I'm already working on that. That's, I don't know if you buy that or not. No, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Like good, anyway, good yeah. one, one problem at a time, right? <laughs> yeah. Very, very diff- difficult problem. I actually feel really, I, I was like kind of overwhelmed by it, but I like, put a whole presentation together. I'm giving it in a couple of weeks to the whole company. And I'm like, I actually think like, this is not going to be that big of a deal. We just have like, there are some things that I haven't said out loud that I need to. And once they're said, I think it'll all be good. Good. I know that's kind of vague. I feel like I shouldn't say it publicly <laughs> yeah, until I like the like company has heard yeah, it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I will ask no more questions about it. Um, yeah. What Back else? to you. Oh, you want, you want me to go again? Yeah, I, feel, I, I feel like this next thing is like of the S of the type of, yeah, yeah. Okay. So related to the presentation I'm going to give on, it's not specifically about DNI, but like diversity and inclusion, but it's like in that ballpark. I, I need to define. Uh, so actually, I was just listening to MicroConf, uh, not MicroConf. Um, what's the podcast? Uh, Stardust for the Rest of Us, uh, Rob Walling's podcast. And one of the questions he answered was about like, when do you set mission and vision and stuff like that? And what he said is like, if you don't set it at the beginning, that's totally fine because it's just like assumed like the mission is get profitable, basically. Um, but like over time, you have to. I think the cause of this realignment that needs to happen at Less Annoying is that I like we got big enough that I should have had like a reset and I didn't. And so now that's what we're doing. And uh, with this, I need to be more specific about defining like mission, values, whatever. But I, I've heard you talk about this before, so I wanted to ask you, what are all the words in that word soup, and what do they mean to you? Um, oh, I hate this topic. I hate it so much. Um, <laughs> it's. I mean, so, do you think I shouldn't even be doing it? Do, do you no, think this is a distraction? I think, I think it's important. I, I don't like talking about it at the level of mission, vision, values, because like, it's... It, it minimizes the impact by set, by putting them in these simple boxes. Like mm-hmm. what you're really talking about is driving clarity throughout the organization around, around like some really important questions. Like what do we do? Yeah. What will we do? Um, what won't we do? How will we behave? You know, the, the what won't we do is the big one that I haven't yeah. addressed that I need to, but so, that's the most like, important one. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like I, like I, when I think about all this stuff, like good mission statements, good value statements, they, they don't necessarily say what we should do. It's like, it's like good values are very like articulate about how not to behave. Um, good mission statements, mm-hmm. like, sh- like they make it very clear what you won't, will not ever, ever do. And um, it, it's like, it, they create const- like constraints on the business um, that everyone has to align to so that you don't have to constantly tell people no. And uh, that's hmm. that's how I think about these things. So what's I, I don't know if you remember like what people keeps were if you have any example. It's I'm I, I really right people keep. You didn't. Mm-mm. What like what I what you just said resonates with me tremendously. Mm-hmm. That it should explain what not. But I've never heard like 
how is a mission statement actually phrased to be what you're not? Like, I've never heard that, heard it that way. I don't think. Not, not is so, so I can read leg up health. It's right up here. I have a, I don't have a mission statement, but I have, I call it a purpose. I said, leg. this is how it's written. Leg up health exists to help Utahns better find, use and manage their marketplace health insurance. Um, health, health, helping Utah marketplace consumers is our first goal and profit is second. That's my purpose statement. Okay. It says Utah in it, which means we're not going to do anything outside Utah. Mm. Um, it says service is more important than dollars. Um, it's so we're not going to prioritize dollars yeah, over, like over service. Obviously uh, that has its limits. Like you, you, yeah. you have to be profitable, but yeah, yes. I get that. Um, but I, but I, I strongly believe that we do what's right for the cons- the consumer, no matter what, and we figure out how to run a profitable business with that as a constraint. The profit will yeah. take care of itself. Um, marketplace is is in there as a constraint. Not health so insurance. So you're not doing other health, health insurance. insurance. Okay. I like that. Um, yeah. So that's uh, that's like some some pieces there on the purpose side. Yeah, I wonder. So the thing is, like our core mission or whatever you want to call it, has not been in question at all. So we, we've always said our mission is to help small businesses succeed, which is like incredibly vague, right? Like, well, what are we actually doing? Um, but everyone understands that what we do is we make CRM software, and no one's ever been confused about that. No one's ever been like, "Well, you say your mission, or are you right?" My, uh, for, I just like had an electric shock come through my. Uh... Headphones oh, into my ear. That was really weird. Oh, you okay? Um, yeah, I'm good. Wow. Um, so, like, you could interpret help small businesses succeed to be like, okay, well, let's go start becoming a funding, like a venture capital for small businesses. Let's let's go plow the snow in front of their storefronts so that customers can get in. Like, no one's ever been like, let's do that stuff. They've been like, I get that we're a CRM company. That's never been a problem. But then, like, on this other stuff, like, what is our commitment to St. Louis, for example? That's where people like don't have that cl- where where they're like, let's go volunteer at this random charity, and it's like I, I like that charity, but like, what does that have to do with what we're doing here? You know, um, so I wonder. Like now, I, now you're making me wonder: Do I need more specificity in like the main thing, even though it's never been a problem? <laughs> well, it, I, I, it's not doing much for you in ter- to create clarity. Yeah, so I, like like if you want it to do something for you, you need to add more. Yeah, um, but it but there, you don't need to change that to drive clarity. Right. You can add more fluff later down, like with call it something else. Like, you know, it's not the, it's not the mission or whatever you said it was. It's the, it's the, what we do overview. Yeah. So as I've been preparing this presentation, I keep, I say over and over in it, like we say our missions to help small businesses succeed. The way we do that is we make, sell and support software for small businesses. Still, it's not super specific, but I, you could say CRM right now, but we're starting to branch into other areas. So I didn't want to yeah, CRM is probably not not the right thing. You don't want to constrain yourself to CRM. Yeah, right. Um, but you probably do want to constrain yourself to something broader than just like helping small, something more narrow than um, the broad, yeah. the breadth of like serving small businesses. Um, I, you know, I'm curious about your values because like the, that's actually, I feel like you do a good job of that. Um, I think like you've always done a good job about articulating behavioral stuff, um, but I'm wondering like where you feel like you're falling short there. Well, so I want to answer that, but before I do, I'm curious, like, I think in the past you have told me your definition of mission, vision, and values, and I wasn't ready for it. And I was mm. just like, they're all the same thing, whatever. Can Do you have those definitions? Yeah. Andy, yeah. Off the top so let me, I'll, I'll, I'll give you all of it. So mission, I, I don't like the word mission. I prefer purpose. Um, but like generally like what we are trying to do, like, what are we f- focused on? Like, what are we doing? Like, it's very clear about like today and like what, what's driving today. Mm-hmm. Then there's vision. And I like vision to be like what the world, like I like it to be what the world looks like when we've accomplished our mission or purpose. Um, so like generally like the way I think about this is we have a purpose, we have a vision, we will update our purpose when we accomplish our vision um, and we will repeat. So like at some point we're going to realize our purpose and when we reach our vision and we're going to need a new purpose. And when that happens. So the vision and perfect and purpose are kind of like one to one tied to each other. You could almost combine them into I one think, thing. I, that's how I think about it. Um, okay. 
but I like I I treat them separately because I I I see the I kind of look at the vision. I like to start a vision statement with like in a perfect world. Like yeah. You Do you know, know your vision off the top of your head? Like you have no, I have it written down? right here. I can read it to you. Yeah. Um, this needs some work. Um, so I don't <laughs> feel great about this, but like the way it's written right now is in a perfect world, a Utah marketplace consumer could rely on a super agent to help them find and confidently choose the best marketplace policy for their family, be available year round to assist with coverage questions and issues with the insurance company, streamline marketplace application updates during open enrollments um, and life events, and never sell, hustle, pressure, or steer them based on commissions. So like, great. I'm, okay. I, that's what I want to build. And when we've done both of those things, like all those things, and we've got a, a business running, I'm, I'll say, okay, now, now we can talk about something that's bigger than just Utah. Now we can talk about something that's bigger than just the marketplace. Cool. I like that. And I, that makes me feel good. Cause like, I've never written it down quite like that, but everyone at Less Annoying knows what our vision is like that. We say it over and over like basically where the product's going and and what will be possible once, you know, 10, 15 years from now, once we've achieved our ambition. There you go. So I, and that's why I was like, I don't want you, I used to get caught up in when you first hear this mission, vision, value stuff as CEO, it's like, you see them as levers and you're like, Oh wow, I finally got this lever that I can use this tool. And it's like, it doesn't matter what you call them. At the end of the day, you're driving clarity about like, you're trying to create like context for people that gives them the ability to make good decisions. And yeah, and that's all this is trying to do. And yeah, yeah. good. So I think, and I think we're about to get to values. This is where our sort of problem is because everyone knows we make CRM software and I can, because I'm kind of obsessed with product thinking, I communicate all the time, kind of 10 year ish vision type stuff. But I think the values we have, and again, I'm, I'm interested in what your definition of that is, but I think they've all been implied thus far. And as you grow, I don't think you can just be like, well, everyone gets it. How would you define values? Uh, it's behavioral values. So um, it's kind of two pieces. Like one, it, well, let me back up. I used to think they were 100% behavioral. At Leg Up Health, I have broadened them to be like more concept, like not like we we will not break these things. Like these are, these, these are constraining, mm-hmm. like I don't want to call them rules, but like ways of doing business. Um, they're yeah, broader I mean, than behavior. Constraints. Yeah. They're constraints. Yeah, exactly. So like the ones I have for, um, I used to think that I used, when I first did values, it was all behavioral. It was like, um, but then I realized like, I don't want to hire people that aren't this. So I don't like that's like, if you get too focused, a lot of people focus on like basic values, like trust, um, you know, like reliability, mm-hmm. uh, doing what you say you're going to do. Um, and I used to think like, oh, if I get values like that, then, then we'll hire the right people. It's like, no, no, you just don't hire people that aren't reliable. You don't hire, you don't let people stay at your company that aren't reliable. You don't hire people you can't trust. Like, right. Yeah, and it's like, that is just like, that's a hiring function. Like it's not a company yeah, that's value stuff's almost a given. Yes. It's, it's stuff that people might disagree with. Right. Yes. No yes. one's going to be like, no, I don't, I don't think reliability is good. No, okay. exactly. yeah. um, but, but a lot of people aren't reliable. <laughs> yeah. But you writing that down as a value doesn't matter because nobody that's thinks what a lot they're of, not That's reliable. what you see when you see a lot of values. They're like yeah. behavioral things. And I, I bought into that where I've, um, where I've gone with like a pelt, I'll just read them to you. Like a pelt team members are fully empowered to use the following guidelines to make decisions for themselves. Clients first. That's number one. We always do whatever would make the client happiest as long as it's not against the law or outrageous. Okay. Simplicity. We keep things simple and only add complexity if it helps us better serve our clients. I can think like there are so many times when people have come to me in the past, not at like a pelt, but in the past and said like, let's try this. Let's do this. Let's do that. I'm like, what complex, that adds a lot of complexity. What does that do for us? Like, right. That's a really hard. No, like you have to, you have to really like, Keep it simple. If there's, if you're going to bring complexity in here, you got to have a damn good reason for it. And then sustainability. We push hard during seasonal open enrollments. That's a very important thing. Like we, you come yeah. here, you expect to work during open enrollments. Um, and we give ourselves time to recover and enjoy personal passions during the off season. Those are I the like only that. three I have right now, but like, they're very, very uh, strategic and very, very like, I don't want people like people need to understand those things before they come work here. Yeah. I like the last one. Uh, most just because it, sh- it, it makes 
no one could misinterpret. I, I feel like this, the complexity thing, you probably have to get in there and see mm-hmm. the decision get made before it makes sense. But I assume the plan, like put all three of those on every job listing. Mm-hmm. And so if someone comes in and they're like, well, you know, I'm taking the whole week of Thanksgiving off. You can be like, uh, you know, don't make me tap the sign here that, that you agreed to. Yep. I, I like that. We've okay. So what I'm talking about here, it would be an interesting exercise for us to come up with that style of values. We've been taking a slightly different approach here, and I'm not even sure values is the right term for this, but like, who do we care about? What do we care about is the approach we've been taking. Because one of the problems we've been having, there's this employee-led group called IDEA, which is an acronym that stands for stuff, um, that basically decides like they have a certain amount of time to just like do stuff that furthers the company's kind of like non-business objectives, if that makes sense. So like the coding fellowship potentially is an example of this. They've just been like awash in uncertainty about what are we supposed to be doing here. And so what I was starting with is like, like what things do we care about? Um, So like we as people probably care about homelessness, but like we as a company, that's not one of our issues, you know? And so like, let's write it down. And so we, the list we've got right now is like customers, employees, St. Louis, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and uh, environment. I know that's like everything. That's the full list of all things in the world. But <laughs> um, there are other constraints that I want uh, th- th- that, th- that I have like this all prepared. But within those, how do we decide what things to do? But I guess those aren't like values by your kind of definition of them. Yeah. And I, I guess like what, what are you trying to... My goal with the values kind of are stated above them, which is like, please don't ask me what to do if you are doing one of these three things. Like yeah. you have, you are empowered to do any of these three things. You're empowered to make to treat, to put clients first. You're, you're empowered to prioritize simplicity. You're empowered to um, like work your ass off during open enrollment and, and, and take time off during outside of it. Like, yeah, you do not need to ask permission. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure I like, yeah, the problem that we have is needs that answer necessarily. That that makes mm. total sense to me. I I like what you're doing. Maybe what I'll you, just. What, what are you trying to do? I guess like what's what I just want to clear yeah. to me. Is so like, I want this group to be able to meet and agree on what what. So right now it's just like everybody has random projects and there's no continuity. And I want them all to be able to get together and be like, our top priority as a company should be this. Not not related to selling CRM software. So like we're gonna work on a certain aspect of diversity in the recruiting funnel or whatever, instead of just running around random things. So this is a multi, there's a lot to this more than just these values. Maybe I'll just, I'm trying to be, I'm being coy because I'm like, I haven't said it to the company yet, but whatever, they're they're all going to hear it. I'll just say it right now. Uh, I don't think anyone listens to this anyway. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, So like what, what I'm, the main thing, the main crux of what I'm planning on saying is like, here's the constraint. Anything that we have our mission of like, or purpose or whatever. We make CRM, we make software for small businesses. You don't have to worry anything that furthers that, we're good. You don't need to worry about that. All this other stuff, it needs to be one of two things. It either needs to be a byproduct of our core mission. Like the fellowship, I think, is we teach people to code because it's like it's kind of related to our recruiting and we already have the tech. Like, like everything works together. We're like, yeah, it's sort of a waste of time if it's you're strictly trying to maximize profit, but it it's not like a huge, it's still in our sphere of influence. Or we are reducing harm that we directly cause. So for example, like employees started a composting thing and it's like, we were creating food waste. You are reducing the harm from that. But like, you can't just go out to the restaurants next door and be like, we're going to start composting your stuff. We're not causing that harm. Uh, So that's like the constraints I was planning on putting on this. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like the problem that you have is yeah, you've got uh, you don't have enough clarity for people to to make good decisions and and like prioritize correctly, um, and so you're trying to like narrow in on some 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 rules for lack yeah. of a better word of yeah. like how to prioritize. You may have a separate issue with that particular group of like sometimes when there's no owner, there's no leader, like you end up <laughs> like with like this like this revolving door of like ideas that you know no one ever actually like everyone's just talking, no one's actually doing. Yep, I 100% agree. So that's another thing we're doing. Where th- there is sort of like they have a representative on the leadership team, and uh, I am working with them on 
formalizing their role as more of a leader at the company and not just like an employee advocate who happens to be in the meetings. Um, and then I think that will flow back the other direction of like, then they can go in and be like, all right, I'm running these meetings, you know? Cool. That's what I'm hoping for. So this probably all is like completely inapplicable to everyone listening and like still probably too abstract, but this was helpful for me. So thank you. <laughs> so just so you know, if you ever want to look at my company overview, I have it written. This is what I have up on my board um, for leg up health. Um, I mean, this is like at the core, like what JD and I aligned on. Yeah. Like um, when, when we brought him on and uh, the, I do have one other component that might be of interest to people. So like purpose, vision, values, then I have a three-year plan, which is sort of our plan to get to accomplish our vision. So here's our, here's why we exist is the first section, the purpose. Here's what it looks like when we've accomplished our purpose, the vision. Here's how we're going to act and what we're going to prioritize while we're trying to accomplish this purpose and vision. Um, that's our values. And then I have the three-year plan to, like of getting there. Hmm. And uh, basically... Does that fit on that same sheet of paper, the three-year mm-hmm. plan? Okay, yeah, so pretty, right, pretty concise. Right yeah, very He's, concise. Rick is holding up one single sheet of paper with all of yeah. this. And this sits on my wall. And it's like, this reminds me of like, this is like my my three-year constraint basically on yeah. what, what Leg Up Health can do. Damn, you were and, ready for this conversation. I didn't even prep you for it. <laughs> no, no uh, well, just uh, this stuff, like I think this stuff is really important. So I don't think there's, it's too early to do this stuff. I disagree. So you think like a solo founder should should have that sheet of paper figured out it, for themselves? I think you have product market fit, yes. I mm-hmm. think like to getting getting to product market fit is like, it's pretty wasteful to do this probably pre-product market fit, but you should have assumptions here like that you're testing. Um, and uh, I don't know, like once you have product market fit, it's like, this is what you need. Like, this is why you focus. <laughs> um, the reason I I'm on, yeah, it, it sounds useful. And if you, if you use it as a tool to help you make decisions, I think that's probably useful. The, the thing I am nervous about is like, there are so many great things about less knowing CRM, like culturally and just like who we are as a company that I couldn't, like, if you'd asked me, two years in to write it down, I would have been like completely wrong, which maybe is fine as long as you like leave yourself open to changing those things. But oh, um, yeah. yeah, I'll change this tomorrow if I need to. Yeah. Um, so the three-year plan says, um, the three-year plan has become the agency of record for 1,000 Utah marketplace consumers. Assuming an average commission of $50 per client per month, this will generate 50K in monthly recurring revenue or 600K in ARR. This plan is quite doable given that one, more than 200,000 Utahns buy coverage to the marketplace, and two, the primary competition is do-it-yourself without an agent. That's the whole three-year plan. That's the whole three-year plan. Now, what does this have in it? It's like a lot. It's got the consumer units. It's got the key variable for the business plan on revenue per customer, per client. Then it's got you know the um, how that translates into monthly recurring revenue, and any recurring revenue, like this is like the basic business plan, right? Yeah. And and then you've got like, I've got milestones by year, which is like by the end of 2021, we hit 40 marketplace clients. Check. We did that. By the end of this year, we're going to hit 400 marketplace clients. That's a huge stretch. We might not get it, but we're going to try. And then by the end of next year, we want to hit a thousand clients. Gotcha. We're in year cool. two of our three-year plan. That's different from how like I think of a plan in my head. That's more like goals. Like I, I was expecting like, we're going to run this marketing campaign and, you know, oh, stuff gosh, like that. No, but, yeah. no, no, no. Cool. Yeah. yeah that, so I don't know that I, I, that's my thing. It hangs up on my, I, my wall and I see it every day and I wish I was working more on it, but I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, a, I'm impressed how, how far ahead you are uh, of me on this, given that I'm 12 years in and you're <laughs> still pretty new. Uh, but yeah, that was cool. That was helpful. Hey, well, I will trade uh, revenues with you. And go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give it all up to have a good, a good mission, vision, value statement. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, that kind of turned into a deep dive without me really intending on it, but uh, great. Fun, I, fun conversation. I guess that's I the name of the episode: mission, vision, values. Mission, vision, values. <laughs> um, yeah. Back to you. What's what's next? So uh, two things. Um, we so I don't know if I told you this, um, but we were. You know, we've been building out our prospecting funnel for consumers in Utah. We've talked a lot about uh, Leg Up Health today, so everyone should know what I know what I mean when I say <laughs> Leg Up Health. Um, but basically, we we uh, JD's been building out. I really want to figure out an outbound prospecting um, customer acquisition model. So reaching out directly to Utah consumers, profiling them, if uh, figuring out they're an ICP, 
and a, a ideal customer, a ideal client profile. And if they are a ideal client profile, trying to figure out how to get them to become an agent or client of ours. Um, we identified a offshoot of that first uh, prospecting funnel. Once we profile someone and they don't, we find out that they don't offer, they don't have health insurance and they are an ICP. I'm sorry, they don't have group health insurance. They buy their own marketplace policy. They are an ICP, right? We then can look at what their, who their employer is. Mm-hmm. And that creates an employer funnel. And so what we now have is like two tracks. JD's primary track is adding 50 new prospects to this machine that we have going. And then anytime we get, we have a, a new profile that becomes an ICP, um, we, we look at their employer and go, does that employer have more than one employee than this one employee? And if so, that becomes an employer prospect for him to reach out to. Cool. How, how automated is all that? Like you're using like a, a third party service to get data. Is it just like the cost, the, the employer name pulls down the not the size of the employer pulls down or is like JD going and researching all this himself? Oh, great question. So, um, there's f- kind of 50 new prospects added per day. That's pretty manual in terms of gap building the list. Um, so there's mm-hmm. like targeting the people and then it's like enriching that list with email addresses and contact information. Most people are on LinkedIn or available online, so you can find their professions pretty easily and you can research the profession. But that goes into PipeDrive, which is a less annoying CRM competitor. Um, Boo, PipeDrive. <laughs> no, that, that's what I would use. <laughs> and, and then we, um, we, he, he then uses, he pushes those from PipeDrive into reply.io, which is our prospecting tool, uh, outreach tool. Um, and then once from there, it's pretty automated. Um, Cause it's all in pipe drive and you just like spin up a new, a but new like, op- are you using it? You, you, you said data enrichment is, does a service say like this company has this many employees? Yeah, that would be LinkedIn. Uh, okay. So but just it's teasing. manual. Yeah. Like it's, well, it's not because like, I mean, yes, it's manual, but like JD's but, looking up their LinkedIn yes, profile yes. and then clicking through to the company and seeing what's up with them. Sort of because like some, you can do LinkedIn overlays of on like within reply.io and, and mm-hmm. LinkedIn where you are pulling in data. There's Chrome extensions you can use like contact okay. out to, to enrich zoom info may have an integration, for example, with like zoom info integrates with Salesforce. We're not using this one, but as an example, you click a button and it enriches the, the leads. Um, so th- there's, there's elements of that happening, but Yes, to answer your question, it's it's it's, it's like heavily uh, t- tools heavily making this efficient, but still manual. Manual, but very repeatable. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and uh, so so anyway, it's got it's like an hour and a half a day. Sort of keeps adding people to it, and uh, it, it now offshoots both that fifty people a day turn into either an ICP that we that can become a client, mm-hmm. or and or a. Uh, an employer opportunity, an employer right. prospect that we know doesn't offer benefits to their employees. That's, that's obvious when you say it and like very cool. Uh, so what do you do with that? Is JD going to start figuring out how to sell to them or is, are you just putting that on hold for now? So remember when we had those four questions a couple episodes ago where it was like, we want to, we're not going to set goals. Well, our goals are to answer these four questions in the yeah. next like however long it takes. Like we, 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 we're going to do it by the end of March, but we've extended to the end of April and it's working so well, like that I might go like, let's do this another, let's stay focused on these questions for another month. Um, because it's just leading to such good progress. Um, but like one of those questions is how do we, can we, can we generate a clients by reaching out to people cold? One of them is like, how do we, um, identify employer prospects? Hmm. Um, and that's how we're doing that. Um, so yeah, he's going to reach out to these employer prospects and uh, figure out both, like from a consumer standpoint, like we want to. Our core hypothesis is that we, if we get the business owner uh, to become a client, then that's naturally going to lead to referrals within the company. But it's also going to lead to potentially an employer opportunity, either to sell leg up benefits, the subscription service that we have, um, or leg up health um, concierge uh, service. Um, of some kind. So yeah, um, more rep, I, it's definitely gonna lead to more leads, um, but potentially even more revenue uh, sources. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, are you considering like a almost freemium offering to employers where I, I know this is kind of what you said with the referral network, but where you say like, you can tell people you have a health benefit solution and all it is, is we'll call them up and talk to them. <laughs> yep. If you go to legupheath.com slash, I think it's employers or something like that, or referral program or something like that, or employer referral program, there is a freemium uh, employer service available. 
What do they get if they pay though? Um, they get a full concierge service for their employees. That's like an extension mm-hmm. of their HR team. Gotcha. Plus stipend management. Cool. All right. Well, keep us we updated. We have two of those customers, by the way. So yeah, for, that that's from back when you were running things, though, yeah. right? JD, JD, but JD services those and yeah, and uh, hand, handles ads, deletes, um, that sort of thing. Great. But yeah, that's oh, I, that's, that's it, subscription man. You revenue. just you just keep hitting wins on the uh, the growth front. That's it's awesome. all JD, man. Like it's just what what I love about it is, you know what it is. I I, I uh, you remember the Infinite Game mm-hmm. book? Um, it when you play the long game. You can do things like, and you don't care about like urgency. You can just do things systematically. And when you do things thoughtfully and, and repetitively and systematically, good things end up happening over time because it compounds. It just is, it just is a matter of time. And I just, I feel that right now where it's like, yeah, this week was okay, but like it didn't result in, in dollars, but it mm-hmm. resulted in so much learning and, and uh, slight iteration and momentum that like, if we just keep doing this, it just compounds, compounds, compounds. And it might take three years, but this is going to turn into something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have kind of been saying that to Alex and Eunice on my team who are doing like the growth push we're, we're doing right now. Cause there are a lot of failures along, uh, along the way, but I think the key thing is having confidence that the channel can work. Because there's a separate side of the, like, you know, like there, I, I don't think either of us have any doubt that what you're doing has the abil- the potential to work, but like, we're doing some stuff where it's like, like Eunice is experimenting with Facebook ads right now. And it's like, I, I think it's possible. There's just no way to make Facebook ads work, you know? <laughs> uh, so you can keep, ex- you can be methodical and keep working on it. And it's just like, nope, never going to work. Maybe. I don't know. Yep. But we'll see. Yeah. Cool. It, does, it definitely helps like to believe that this will work in time um versus as long like, as you're right as long yeah <laughs> you don't want to be wrong about that and then three years later you're like well okay yeah but like so there's a difference there which is like we are having like momentous wins we are having wins and then we're also like getting better um like this mm-hmm. employer prospecting funnel added to what we were already doing just like supercharges it like it's such a it's a giant leap forward um yeah and then you like like we were we were laughing today it's like you know, once we get this employer one figured out, it's like we find out who their CPA is, and then we have a CPA funnel. And that, it, but it's anyway, we're building this system that I think, like, if we can figure out how it works um, and have repeatability on it, we can like so we can do it a lot more than we're doing it, and it will grow the business predictably, which is what I want. Yeah, it's boring, but like it. it it works. I, I think almost any entrepreneur would kill for the the yeah. funnel that you're building. No, so we'll see. Maybe it'll, maybe it won't work. Um, last thing I had was, um, we had some new regs come out uh, in the health insurance space. Have I told you about the family glitch before? I don't think so. Okay, so when the Affordable Care Act came out, it introduced this concept of premium tax credits, which basically reduces and caps the cost of someone's health insurance as a percentage of their income. If you qualify, um, there's this really weird rule and glitch that says like, if you are offered health insurance by an employer that is affordable, then you're disqualified from this premium tax credit Hmm. to put this in perspective, like to realize how much this is, we have clients who are getting $20,000 a year in a premium tax credit from the federal government to pay for their family health insurance so that they pay like 50 bucks a month for health insurance. Wow. Significant money. Here's what the family glitch did. So in order to avoid the employer mandate penalties, um, if you're an employer, if you have more than 50 employees, you have to offer health insurance. The rule around like whether you offer affordable health insurance to an employee is based on the employee's affordability as an individual. So um, the employee, the, what, what companies are doing is offering like what's basically affordable for an employee to avoid the penalty. But because of this glitch, it disqualified the whole family from mm. their premium tax credit. So if you were a family and you qualified for these premium tax credits and your employer offered coverage, you most families were getting screwed out of these premium tax credits and not even realizing it because they don't know that this whole thing exists still. But anyway, the Biden, Biden administration put out a reg, new reg, that, uh, proposed reg that is correcting this and making it so that the affordability calculation is separate for the employee and from the uh, uh, from the, and the family. And if the family is, if, if family members, um, aren't, 
it's not affordable for family members, then the family members can get their portion of the premium tax credit, which is huge because it means like when an employer offers group health insurance, we're going to see a lot more like employees staying on the plan, but then their family members going to yeah. the marketplace. So like if, if an employer says, we'll pay 100% of your insurance, but 0% of your dependents, the employer takes the free health insurance, the dependents go on individual plans and get, and the get their premium, premium tax, tax credit. credits. Whereas right now they were disqualified before that we were disqualified hmm. huge. And, but the big, the, the, that's what the, the reg does, but you know what, what got me most excited wasn't the reg change. It was the language and sort of uh, sort of commentary around the reg change. It's changed so much. In 2014, when this all came out, everyone was scared that companies were going to drop their health insurance. Everyone was like trying to like do everything they could to like make it hard for employees and, and, and employers to take advantage of these premium tax credits. The language in these regs is like, yep, we expect like what's the, you know, in regs when they put them out, they put like, what's the economic impact of this reg? And they're like, yeah, we expect a lot of small businesses to drop health insurance. Hmm. And they use the word drop health insurance. And I'm just like, it's like, That's they don't great. care anymore. And it's so good. And anyway, um, there's just like, I just feel like this, it's taken 10 years since like the 12 years since the uh, Affordable Care Act was passed in 2010. And it's just now getting around to like some of the language like, oh yeah, we're going to accept that the employer, the employer market is going to start eroding. And I really, I'm really happy about it. Yeah, that's, that's great. Every time we talk about the specifics of what you do on this podcast, I get kind of embarrassed because I'm like, anyone not in America is listening to this and just like, what is going on over there? (laughs) Exactly. Um, Like that's a step in the right direction and still it's a dumpster fire. Yeah, it's a dumpster fire. So I have one more topic that I'll preview for another time, but like, I would love to, for you to think about for the next episode, what is the marketing channel? What is the marketing channel in 2022 that is most like SEO was in 2010 for us? We got on the SEO train both. Like, I feel like you did with Less Knowing Serum. We did it with Zane Benefits. And I think we've benefited greatly from like these organic sort of being kind of a first mover on being discoverable online. Yeah. And I just want to know what that is today. I feel like we just like kind of like born at the right time um, to take advantage of that. We'll save that. But yeah, I have I have a lot of thoughts and no answers about that. Mm-hmm. But real quick, before mm-hmm. we leave, you mentioned SEO. Open up a new tab and search for CRM and go to the second page, which doesn't matter. No one ever goes to the second page, but less knowing CRM for most people should be on the second page, which I'm very excited about. Uh, anyway, unrelated. Well, related. In that yeah, it's there you are. Woo! Did you know that or um, no, that is that just something got, you just got pointed out to me the other day? It's huge. So you're well, learning, gonna... you're learning how you're acquiring customers. Well, I don't think we're getting any customers from that, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no. Yeah. Uh, very. In- yeah. I think you could ask that question about technology in general. Like, were we just born at the right time? Mm. Uh, but I think that'll be a fascinating conversation to be continued. If any listeners, I, d- I know that I don't have an answer to that question. So if any listeners want to suggest something before the episode, love <laughs> to hear it. To. <laughs> um, if you'd like to review past topics and show notes, visit startlast.com. See you next week. See ya.